Welcome to the Psychic Guys. Tonight we're joined by special guest James Anderson. James is a playwright and concerning comedian, whatever that is, a mystic, a mystery, the man himself. Tonight we're going to explore relationships with the dead, how these are framed in pop culture and how we can do better. We'll also hear some real-life stories of haunting and how our perspective can make all the difference to our experience, that is, if Alternative Day ever shows up. Welcome, James. So I think you wanted to kick this off about ghost hunting TV shows, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for having me on. Happy to be here. To give a bit of perspective where I'm coming from from this is, um, you know, I'm a Gnostic, basically, uh, would be my, my worldview, uh, for lack of a better phraseology. And I used to work at the Vault of Southbridge in Edinburgh. And it's one of the, you know, the most haunted places in the world. Just to give you like a bit of backstory about them, in Edinburgh, it's mostly hills and the bridge just connects one hill to the other. So there's not any water. It's just to connect this. And they had the, the great idea to put like rooms in the bridge at the time that they built it. It was basically just for storage and for places to work um, as they were building the tenements that were going to go next to it. But what they forgot to do was to water seal it. And there's Scotland. So it rains quite a lot. <laughs> and so all the water would flooded in. Basically, everyone left that had any money. You know, their merchants were getting all their, their goods, were getting moldy and things like that. So they, they left out. Uh, and so the poor started to move in. And they lived there for, you know, it could be 20 years, it could be 60 years. The historical records are not, are not great on it. But Basically, you know, during that time, this was when Burke and Hare were around. So there was lots of like grave robbings. There was murders. You know, you're going to get where there's vulnerable people. Bad things are going to happen, effectively. And they were basically forgotten about for a good chunk of time. And then they were kind of rediscovered in the 80s. And, um, you know, it was very much uh, like a, a mom and dad operation to fill them out. So people were just like knocking down walls and then finding that they had this like entire <laughs> like skate rink behind their you know bedroom wall that they didn't know about and stuff like that uh and when they got opened up it, like all these haunting stories started to, to turn up and uh over time you know they got this reputation where there was lots of hauntings and then you know like most haunted turned up there and ghost hunters and everything like that so i got a job there as a, a tour guide as you know doing ghost tours and oh cool it did was, you wear uh, like a, a funky old-fashioned outfit? A yeah, I did actually. Ring the I, bowl and all that. that I, did, I did actually see, um, I was, because I was just like wanting to jog my memory about the vaults of Southbridge uh, today. And I saw on the Irish Mirror website this article from 2015 when I was working there. And it's like, two girls like have spotted a ghost uh, behind them. And I was looking at the picture and I was like, I'm that's me. That is definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can just tell that that's my boots that I used to wear then, and the way I'm standing and like the shape of it is like you saw me. There's no ghost there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was, yeah, yeah, it's like wear this long black like gothy jacket and stuff, and um, it's you know when there's like a job that you're so good at, it's depressing <laughs> when you leave it because you'll you'll know you'll never be as good at a job as you are at that. Uh, to my knowledge. I am the only person 
um, that ever hollered someone shit themselves on the tour while we was there again. <laughs> How did you manage that? And it was just uh, just a good jump scare, just a classic good jump scare, and they fainted. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they fell over, and then they they looked David. They looked me dead in the eyes, and they said, "I made a diarrhea." Uh, <laughs> like, and that was me like I got a bonus like value just like this guy can make people shit themselves <laughs> um, so anyway yeah, yeah. I was I was working there end up in the papers as well no no unfortunately no I should do yeah. I'll write back into the, the, the mirror and be like by the way here's a here's a table for you <laughs> so yeah like so I was working there and at the time I was more than a skeptic. I would basically completely have been like someone that didn't believe in ghosts or anything like that. Um, and the experience working there was one of the things that set me on the path where I am now, where you have these encounters that kind of send you in a different direction where, you know, it's like, like when you're doing magic or something like that, at first you're just doing it to test it out. Uh, like yeah. if I do the sigil, what's going to happen and you don't need to believe you're just doing it because you know you're applying some sort of like pastiche of the the scientific method to what's happening but then over time enough synchronicities and coincidences build up where it's hard to believe anything opposite um and you get it's not like you can just pick up a one piece of proof and go that proves it but yeah yeah it's the big picture isn't it i, yeah. I was exactly the same with remote viewing because when i tried that i expected it not to work and yeah. it was just like being empirical and then like it was it was just like a scribbles on a post-it note you know i don't know what yeah, i was yeah, doing yeah. and i pretty much drew the picture that was there, and i was like whoa not not the result i wanted there mm. but it took me ages to really change my worldview and change my opinion on it you know yeah. as you say it was like a big the whole sum total of it like there's no way this is chance right yeah exactly yeah and um yeah, when I was working there, the, the sense that I got very early on was the only way that I could kind of phrase it is there was like the sense of it was like pregnant with possibility. And it was like very close we, to we're your under phrase. the bridge here. Yeah, yeah. So you're in these vaults that are, you know, you could come up with hundreds and hundreds of like reasonable ways that it could be, you know, there's people walking up above you. There's cars, there's going to be buses, there's generators, there's things like that. Um, but that was like the sense that you kind of got. And the first night I was there, I felt very different. It felt like nothing I'd ever felt before. It's really a kind of like outer body experience while I was, you know, listen. And admittedly, I had been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> the middle of the fringe song is like delirious with uh, working through that and just tired and things like that. But I kind of went home and I just dreamt about it all night, you know, just kind of walking around it. And ever since then, there have never been far from my like consciousness. They, they kind of like took on this almost like Jungian aspect of my own subconscious and i dream about them all the time and i haven't been back in 10 years you know but yeah. i didn't set foot in them but there, there was just something about them that really has really stuck with me so was there a particular experience or was it just a feeling or yeah it was more like, like, this is ground zero for you right yeah it's like it was a vibes-based uh, economy 
where <laughs> there was like there was lots of things that did happen but again yeah. you know i was working we were all a bunch of masters as well so you would purposely go out of your way to wind people up and things like that um but they would basically like one of the things that i never ever got down to as an explanation was you know because you know i'm a writer i would would be like testing out short stories effectively on these things. So I'd be like, right, oh, here's an idea for a story I want to do. So I would kind of like sit down and write it and I would get it in. But then I would kind of just like frame it and that's the reference that would start happening there. And then weirdly what would start happening is you'd hear in other people's tours that that was happening. Like you would just make something up about like, you know, there was someone getting her, like the scene in The Haunting where she's like, oh, you're holding my hand too tight. And then when the lights come on, there's no one there. Uh, so like, that's one of the things that I sort of like, it was like, well, I'll write that into a story and I'll have that happening. And then that was so, it. Like, so random members of the public were having paranormal experiences, which you were writing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, there was things like, um, to, to test it out, I was like, all right, I'll just write a story where some money turns up then. And then there was one time where out of this, one of the vaults, just this money flicked out out of nowhere and I was like that is probably Darren or something like that messing me around but you cannot believe how much that put the Scooby Doo me <laughs> where you're like that is just like really like the timing of it like it, if someone like had gone in to do it you know they would have just had to have been sitting there for like 20 minutes going oh this is going to be a great joke which is you know it's possible it's not real did it the realms of well did you did you but... read the story to your colleagues before like no, they known no, to no, do no. that it was just there were yeah. things that I did on the tour I would just be telling these stories and then you'd start hearing about it happening in the vaults as if mm. you know what it was ever was there it was like alright I, I, that's he's good actually that's a good idea we're going to start picking that up <laughs> um, so yeah I would been working there for a while and one day I came in for work and it was like, ironically, it was like dead. It just felt like there was nothing there. It was really stark. I was like, this just feels like some rooms underground. I've never felt like this is like such a day and night sort of scenario. So I was going around doing my tours that day and I was really distracted. I just didn't feel like, you know, this place that I'd kind of got used to. And then when... I was like getting ready to close my shift. My boss was like, oh, there's some ghost hunters coming in. If you want to just get them settled in, just do them a quick tour. Uh, just show them a couple of places, like show them where the kettle is and things like that. And then you can, off you go. So I brought them in and I was kind of doing it. They weren't interested. They kind of just wanted to go around and do their own thing. And I was like, right, that's kind of interesting. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't think too much about it. And then... A little while things can go back to normal. There's that really oppressive feeling in your face, stuff happening. Like you're getting stories coming out, you know, people saying that they're seeing things, hearing that, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, like a month or two later, I can come back in again and that same feeling is there. I'm like, this is, this empty. What's happened? So, like in my lunch break, I went down to the, the lad that's working on the, um, the, the admin that day. And I'm like, is there any ghost hunters in today? And he was like, yeah, everyone knows. Yeah. it's really weird everyone just seems to know when there's ghost hunters in and I was like right <laughs> that is interesting <laughs> wow and, so the ghosts were hiding from the ghost hunters or yeah exactly I think that's what it was this? that's like even indeed that there were ghosts you know what I mean well the phenomenon whatever it was yeah exactly was the phenomenon good yeah. and so why should it do that this is the indication that I got the impression that I had was that 
doing ghost hunting in that style is kind of the inverse of what you should be doing. It's kind of got things the wrong way around because you're basically inviting something to come to you and you're kind of forcing them into this realm to take shape in a way that's pleasing to you. Um, and they don't want to do that. That's not something that they're interested in. Um, to an extent, I think that they are where it's like, it's something, it's like, this is the metaphor that I kind of came up with where it's like, imagine you had a friend who's like, my gaff is the best place on earth. Like you gotta come around, like you gotta come here. And every time you're hanging out, he's like, no, you, we gotta go back to my gaff. You gotta go back to my gaff. And you get there. And he's just got warm, like tiny French Tesco beers to serve you. Like the place is messy. It's just like, there's cat hair. You're like, oh God. And you're like, no, the thing is with my house though, I have the finest cognac. I have quails eggs to show you. <laughs> I've got the best things. Do you want to come to my house? And I, no, you got to come to my house. You always have to come to my house. And that I think is like the best way to put it into this metaphor of like, you know, there's two worlds and then there's just like this thin like wall between them and it's okay to sort of invite things over here to some extent but that's not where they live and that's not where their shape is meant to be and you're meant to go there to get this information and that's where you're going to get the accurate um details if you know what i mean so the other guy and this is like something that uh duncan barford kind of put into words for me in his uh, podcast um, I call Experiments in the Hole and it, it really just like clicked to me I kind of got it he was kind of saying like the thing is with like ghost hunters uh, what they're doing is that they're effectively doing magic there's no there's no different because it's it's not really the scientific method like because they don't follow it and then in my worldview, you know it's like someone like Kingsley would say is that the scientific method is already a parody it's already a pastiche of a different method of logic that is like divine in its origins. Um, Test, testing any kind of woohoo, I'm expecting it to be like a repeatable experiment, though, isn't going to work, is it? You know, because yeah. it just never plays by those rules. But I think it, it is valid to say if you have a whole bunch of anecdotal experience, it's valid to look at that. And say, yeah. here's a phenomenon. Let's try and understand that. You know, like we can study the clouds. We don't have an experiment where you're like, well, if I do this, we get this kind of cloud. You just have to watch them go by and take notes, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think investigating yeah. the paranormal is the same thing. You can't turn up and I don't know what gadgets and gizmos the ghost hunters have, but you know, I, I can see what you mean that it's like demanding, right? Ghosts, you come and make my app bleep or yeah. show up on my camera or something is kind of like going shouting at the sky and telling the clouds to fulfill your experimental design yeah old man yells at clouds yeah yeah <laughs> but, the, um, but yeah if you think about like say the way that you'd set up a ceremonial magic event you know you mm -hmm. kind of get your table and then you get your dagger and you get your wand and you get you know get your flames and yeah <laughs> the blood of the virgins uh yep. And yeah, you set up the space and you designate it as in like, I am inviting something here. Uh, and then you start going through this process that then, you know, things are meant to turn off. So if you're doing like a goetic work, you know, you've got their seal yeah. and you start saying their names and stuff like that. And that's kind of... That's a little bit different though, isn't it? Because it's quite coercive. 
Uh, so you're not being like, oh yeah, come along if you want. It's like, by all the holy names, you'll damn well show up in my triangle and then I'll bully you until you do what I say. But I kind of, that's kind of one of my points, I think, is that I don't, the way the ghost hunters, and this is, there's a couple of things here that, you know, like I don't want to paint everyone with the same brushes and stuff. And there's sure. there's probably people that are very careful and have a much more thoughtful, but I think the stuff that you kind of see on TV and the stuff that you see on YouTube is very salacious. And it's um, the way that it represents what's happening. And they're very much like, if there's something here, you know, do this. I want you to do this. Um, mm. And you're kind of like forcing it down this channel or whatever there is to, you know, start flicking the, the switch of a, you know, a torch or something like that. You know, that's one of the things they did. Yeah, or, or knock on, knock on the table. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Exactly that. So you're kind of like, you are commanding it. You're saying like, do this. And it's like, mm-hmm. the, you know, like my experience from, you know, sort of working in the other world. And I think that a lot of people don't do is your first move should be like, how are you? The same way that you would treat <laughs> anything or anyone, you know, like your conversation is, yeah. all right, how are you getting on? When Goetic work, you're meant to command things for it. It's just like, because mm-hmm. that's what their job is, is to, is to fulfill this part within our hierarchy of like the divide effectively would be the way that it's framed in its original like you know in the the grimoires and things mm. but is that appropriate then for the human dead you know what i mean like yeah. you know there are people that have existed they're part of us and some emanation and you're basically like make this light go on and off yeah <laughs> well in the just to play devil's advocate um seems appropriate Right, in that idea of the spiritual hierarchy that you've got, like angels and you know God at the top, and then the angels, and then and then I think you get humans, don't you? And then the demons are there to do our bidding, mm. and like we're part of the hierarchy. So, assuming for a moment that the human dead still count as human, actually, you could perhaps use the same mechanics. Like if you turned up. In that under the bridge where you used to work and did a goatic style evocation where you're using the names of God and angels and whatever to command them and you get the right ones, maybe you can make them turn up and do stuff yeah. within your triangle of the heart, right? Whereas before nobody did that, nobody used the right formula. So the, the phenomena just runs away because it doesn't want to play with the, the ghost hunters. Maybe what they need is a magic wand and robes and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. whatever. But I think like within this stuff as well, I mean, it's very difficult because you're 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 constantly bumping up against the idea that you're a fucking idiot and you've gone completely insane. Um, yeah, you got to watch you, that. Yeah, and if you don't have that, then <laughs> that, that's how you know that you've gone off the deep end. Um, yeah, you've got to be skeptical of everything, really. Yeah, you? exactly, including especially yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but the other thing you can like. The other thing you can't really do is deny other people's experiences. Yeah. And it's very, very easy to do because when things don't fit into your worldview, it's very easy to dismiss them. Um, yeah. But we're all working at like, you know, these kind of like cross purposes. And so like you might think that someone, <laughs> what their, their story that they're telling is absolutely bollocks and you don't believe a word of it. But, you know, you have to believe that that ex- they believe that experience happened to them. Yeah, yeah. It's subjectively real to yeah. them. 
Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I kind of find with a lot of the ghost hunters as well. And again, this is like, you know, paint, you know, painting with broad brush strokes and uh, kind of just get into like where I kind of see some of the problems are. But, you know, you get a lot of people that are very interested in the supernatural, but from this, you know, most haunted kind of point of view. And if things didn't fit into their concept of what a ghost could and couldn't do and would do and things like that, they would, there would be the people on the tour that would just go, no. I guess can't do that. That's not, that's not possible. Obviously, obviously, what you've got now is uh, an alien. Yeah, that's much. <laughs> not a ghost, idiot. Well, uh, it wouldn't even, it wouldn't even go that far. They would just be like, no, that didn't happen because that doesn't yeah. fit within, you know. It's, this aspect it's amazing, isn't it? It's like the uh, like Randy's prize. You know that people want to debunk weird paranormal things that happen by going, well, I've made up this story about what this phenomenon is like, and mm. you have to fulfil it exactly how I have made up the story otherwise the whole thing is made up and it's actually kind of like your ghosts running away from the ghost hunters they're coming and going well I made up the story about how I expect to detect you with my RF meter or my thermometer or my infrared camera or something and unless you do you're not here yeah as it happens they weren't there at all because they buggered off yeah 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 (laughs) like there's um I have this friend that has this like very intricate very long um story about haunting a somewhere that they lived with a couple of housemates and it's uh for me you know it very much like breaks the boundaries of what i think would be would possible but one day she was kind of telling it and i i got to the end and i was like but how do you know that it wasn't say like the she or it wasn't like a demon and then she got really upset because and her kind of worldview, like by saying that, it dismissed the, the entire process. And it was kind of hard to explain to her. It was like, well, the thing is, is that I believe that a demon exists more than a ghost. <laughs> you have to believe that's not. <laughs> I believe that fairies exist more than ghosts exist. That's the. This, like, this is the a world... tricky bit of territory, isn't it? Within yeah. the not invalidating people's experiences, but when people are not reflexive about the subjective nature of these experiences which I think happens a lot with, like, alien abduction and people, you know, like, those are a cultural trope. People have a paranormal experience and subjectively see, like, a grey alien or any number of other weird things, you know. I'm not picking on grey aliens. But then they take that to be the literal truth of it and because it fulfills that image that they got or that trope, they're like, well, it's that. And I can point to this other thing and say, this was what my experience was. And I think it's more like something weird happened and your mind had to translate it into imagery and feelings and meaning that's kind of already within you. Like the yeah. paranormal experiences are a, a reflection of the person having the experience as much as they are a standalone thing. Yeah. And then people report that, they like, no, this is exactly what happened. And it's like, no, that was exactly what you experienced. But like half of your story is actually about what's inside your subconscious. It's not about the nature of that experience. And then, you know, so it's... As not invalidating somebody's experience then, is it? To say, yeah, I get that you have this experience, but maybe you should zoom out and look at the very nature of these sorts of experiences as not literally true. Yeah. Or is exactly. that not okay? Because it sounds like that's what you did with your friend. Yeah. And it failed terribly. So. Well, yeah, but I think it's just like they didn't <laughs> understand that I, like my cultural framework, you know, that I would exist in where, you know, like, you know, I'm surrounded by these Neolithic uh, tombs 
in my, you oh, know, cool. where I live. And so I can just walk up to them and that's where, you know, they or she are meant to exist. So like, you know, that for me, like I'm, I'm pushed up right against them. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I got to go pay my dues. I got to do what they want me to do because, you know, it's like living with a toddler. <laughs> like <they'll, laughs> you know, they'll just get really annoyed because you haven't done something in a very specific way. And they're like, no, 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 that way, not the way that it's something like that. And, you know, maybe it's a translation issue or whatever it is. But yeah, that's my world. So, you know, I work with them. Um, and so to me, they're as real as what a ghost would be or more real because, you know, mm-hmm. like I, you know, I push up against them. Um, but, you know, if you don't have that sort of framework, then it just sounds like you're just like demons and fairies and things like that are yeah. are stupid. They're silly, say- you know what I mean? demon to several different people they all have a different idea yeah like exactly. some people might come at it from a religious point of view and it's like demons are real but those are bad and they're just the bad things yeah or demons are silly or demons are only goetic or demons yeah, yeah, are evil yeah. or, or i'm a massive edge lord and demons are my besties yeah. or whatever <laughs> like, but it's the same word and we we mistake our own model for the reality of it and forget that like even the language is so subjective isn't it yeah exactly yeah and so yeah it's i think what i'm kind of like driving at which is the the perception that i see is that i don't think like ghost hunters are mean-spirited a lot of them anyway and they're not um necessarily doing the wrong thing i just feel that they that what they're trying to do is make up for a lack that isn't lacking like they're they're trying to have this relationship with the dead that anyone can have and everyone does have because it's an integral part of the human experience and i think it's just that the way that we've you know like christianity specifically is kind of like distances from the dead further and further where there's kind of like only very specific kinds of dead and they're in heaven hell or purgatory uh and it, or there's no purgatory now and then they didn't explain what happened. Like there were, they were just like they, they uh, pulled just up one day. Like, yeah, it was like there's no purgatory now. It was like, well, I'm totally yeah, people in purgatory. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, all right, okay. So, <laughs> did I didn't, they go I didn't up? Know. Did they go down? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, so <laughs> it's kind of just like the further that we've pushed this away in society, I I think it's like setting us up to fail in in our spiritual life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you already have a a relationship with the dead all the time. And that's kind of like one of the most important things you will be doing in your life. Like the way that Jung put it was that your job in life is to answer the questions that your dead left you. And that's kind of like nebulous about like, is it your family that left you it? Or is it your community or like society or something like that? But you were... You know, you've got to find out what the answer is, and it's going to be different for every person. Um, and that's what your task is. And I can't tell you what it's going to be because you're just going to ape minds, but this is what, you know, your relationship with the dead is going to be. And I don't, we're not doing that. And I think that's where I kind of see like a lot of um, like sickness in society, the way that we process grief, the way that we, you know, deal with death is it's it's so distant we're trying to distance ourselves so far from yeah. it the, the just, west is terrible at death yeah. isn't it well, yeah. do you blame 
reductionist materialism because I do. I yeah, to a large like, extent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's half an hour. Job done. Thanks for coming and joining me. That's no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like I think like but, you know with like I don't know, like all oh, people in this space they throw the baby out with the bathwater and they're kind of just like no no it's it's that's all bad I'm like no it's very good at doing certain things it's very good at say like making drugs like mm. because that's within the corporeal realm and that's what it's working yeah, in yeah. materialism is great for matter yeah exactly. <laughs> But yeah, it's but, so bad. But again, we're mistaking like, the model for reality, just yeah. like people who have different ideas about their experiences. We're yeah. taking the model of materialism to explain everything and going, well, look, there's no ghosts in here. Yeah. So they're not real. Well, it's yeah, like, yeah, no, exactly. it's just a model that explains how stuff works. Like, English is great for doing business in. But if you want to talk about the weather, you use Irish because it's so much more expressive and things like that. And so it really shows you just like, you know, you know, these things are, you know, are subjective and you're not trying to like jam them into the the corporeal world. And I think, you know, again, if you go back to the ghost hunting thing, that's where they're kind of, that's where they're going wrong, where it's like, there are people that have done like 300, 400 hours of TV and it's like where they are at the beginning of the show is where they are at the end of the show after 300 hours. Like their views haven't changed. Their, their tricks haven't changed. Their concept of the world has not altered in that time. It's exactly the same. And so that would suggest to you that your world models, you know, it, it's gone wrong to some extent, mm. especially if you're still as scared by this stuff <laughs> as you were at the beginning, because like so much of it is just like, it's like, Ringing the doorbell. Isn't bell, that a lot of the entertainment? Away. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that the entertainment value, though, is seeing close ups of people's face with like the snot coming out yeah. as they're shaking <laughs> and screaming at them in the dark, like the Blair Witch Project? Yeah. I never actually watched that film. Is there even a witch, or is it just people running around in the woods being frightened? Uh, it seems like that's that's why these things are fun to watch, isn't that's, it? That's the, um, there you go. That would be the. The complex answer to the Blair Witch Project, because, you know, how did you find with the presence of a witch be on film? You know what I mean? Like, mm. There is no, like, physical witch that turns up and goes, all right, I'm the Blair Witch Project. And you turn and you go, yeah, hey, yeah. that's the witch from the Blair Witch Project. Um, uh, that's the Banshee from the Banshee of Inchiroon. But, yeah. All right. So is the Blair Witch Project actually about the shadow and how we're unwilling to face ourselves? I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but... I mean, it's good. You should watch it, man. It's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's got proper, like, I just, I just remember the running around in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it looked really exactly. scary, yeah. and it was like, and then yeah. I just never got around to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah. We're kind of weird where you are. Sorry, I derailed this, that yeah. totally. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's kind of just like the... That's what they're doing. It's like, they're going up to, like, the ghosts, and then they're ringing the doorbell. And then they're like, all right, what's going on? They're like, ah, then run on the way. Maybe just stick around and find out what, you know, this guy's trying to tell you something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, have you ever heard a story of somebody being killed by a ghost? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, while yeah. filming a ghost hunting show. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, what, what do they think is going to happen? Yeah. You do hear about... I mean, what, what, what is the fear, actually? That's an interesting avenue. What is it they're scared of? Oh, man, I have no idea. No idea whatsoever. Because it's like, to, to me... Like, I'd love to see a ghost. It would yeah. just be, it would, like, I never, I never see shit like this. Yeah, I've never seen a UFO. <laughs> never seen a ghost. Never seen a Sasquatch. Yeah, no. 
I feel I mean, there's plenty of mystical spiritual experience, yeah. but I did all that on purpose. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I've never just been, you know, and I go out walking in the woods in summer, I walk barefoot. So I'm out there with like, I have a dog to be fair, but it's like nighttime. I got no flashlight, no phone, no shoes, nothing. And I'm like, come on, perfect time. The only person in the forest, come do something cool. Yeah. And it won't. When you do that, it won't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only what I need to do is forget about it and go fishing. Yeah. <laughs> then it'll come get me. <laughs> but I mean, like my friend Owen kind of says it's like the wizard eye. You know, you're like your third eye and things like that. They don't. And it's like mm. I really do think that like things turn up and you'll see them there. And it's like they're not really there. But they're that's almost more real. Like a dream is almost more real than anything that you can experience during the day and stuff. Like mm. and this But is, people do have experiences which they experience the same stuff with their physical eyes. Yeah. That seems real on a kind of five-sensory basis. And that's what I'm talking about as stuff I've never had, because, yeah, like the wizard eye, the third eye, the whatever, the perception of that space. Yeah, it's full of stuff. You look at it all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of want to get, like, a Bigfoot tail nailed above my front door. Right, yeah, yeah. Get a taxidermied alien. In the living room, just as a conversation starter. <laughs> but this is the thing I kind of don't understand about, say, like Bigfoot, Bigfoot hunters, is like surely if Bigfoot was something that you were you were interested in or Nessie or whatever, like you would just want to ignore them because if you found it, you would doom that entity to the worst, like a fate worse than death. Because if you, I don't think that's it. ever put off hunters before, yeah. has it? Animal <laughs> welfare. Which is like, like you know, like the way that we treat orangutans now, or something like that. And so you'd just be like, it'd be, "Oh, great, yeah. Bigfoot! I guess we could get him to push around the trolleys at Walmart." I love it be him. It wouldn't be like Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, it, it would if be, somebody caught uh, one, you know, and proved that they were real. Then just everybody would turn up and start hunting all the Bigfoots, wouldn't they? Yeah. People would be selling yeah, yeah, bits yeah. of them as aphrodisiacs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so just like, if there's something that you're genuinely interested in, like, have no, no nothing to do with it, let them live his life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, it's kind of like the perceived lack of, you know, to try to make up for something that isn't missing, which is, mm. for example, you know, relationship with the dead. I'm getting, you know, married in September. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, but you know, when you've had members of your family that have passed at an event like that, one of the main conversations that you're going to be having is talking about them. You know, people are going to be coming up to me like, oh, they would have loved it. They would have been, and it, th- th- they'll be discussed in that, like in this reverie way, more than anyone that's there or anyone that's living. You know what I mean? Like if, you know, your uncle's missing it for whatever reason, they won't be like, oh, they'll just be like, oh, it would be. It's sad that he's not mm. here. But, oh, but if he was dead. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be like, oh, it's just, he would have loved this. You know, he would have, he would have been getting, he would have been so when, the when you talk about and, like young and the idea of answering your own dead as, as the, is your own dead what's present there when people are telling you exactly what, you know, Nana would have thought at your wedding. I, you know, is, I don't think so because I think. Like, it's kind of like the idea of, like, who are your ancestors? And your ancestors can be, like, your actual ancestors to some yeah. extent. But it's also, like, your your metaphorical ancestors, your psychics, you know, things like that. So, you know, I'm not from here. I'm from Scotland, and I live in the suburbs of Dublin. And I live in, like, you know, the Wickle Hills are right there. 
but to some extent, my ancestors are the people that have lived here and are still, you know, there's emanations of them that are still around by now. So is this like a transpersonal metaphysical woo-woo thing or is it a cultural, psychological thing? They're the the same thing. Yeah, (laughs) they're exactly (laughs) the same thing. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, it's like, for as another example, you can have a relationship with someone instead that you've never met and no one that you know could have met. So I did uh, did a show about James Connolly a couple of years ago and just as a brief... Uh, history lesson, James Connolly was from Edinburgh and he moved to Dublin. So I have that kind of connection. He's not from the same part of Edinburgh that I'm from, but kind of like similar areas. Like we don't look too dissimilar. Like he's, we're as bald as each other were and stuff. Um, and he's always been like kind of, you know, someone that I was very um, enamored with, shares the same politics with me, like was kind of like a fuck up in the same way that I am. And he joined in 1916. <laughs> Rebellion, which is what, you know, is stepping stone to Ireland getting its independence. Um, and when he died, like, people tried to claim his legacy very, very quickly. It was very much like a snatching it. And he was like very much this sort of like socialist, like, he hated anarchists, but as he was getting older, he was definitely like working his way that way, um, even though he didn't fully comprehend it. Um, but that was definitely the direction you seemed to be going in. And I just like got this idea for the show about like what happens if James Connolly was like a comedian? Like what happens if he was like this vaudeville comedian? And circumstances happened where I was getting to put it on and I got like a trip together and we're making it and it was just singularly like the only thing in my life. Like and I you know, I was reading about James Connolly all the time, like reading these letters, reading these history books about him. I think there's like very, like, like I lost myself and the James Connolly, it's like the, the method acting thing. That's where I was. And yeah. like, I was having this like really intense relationship with this person that I ever met. He's only got like one surviving relative, which is like a great granddaughter or something like that. I you know, I was not going to talk to her about this and things like that. And, um, but it was like this real compulsion and it was really pushing me forward. And it was like, I was being pushed in this direction to bring something forward that hadn't been brought forward before. And it was like, he was like this, I need this aspect of me to be put out into the world. And that's, that's just what I want. And you're the only person that's like, can appropriately do it because Mm. the circumstances are correct. And then. Like, so it was it was unfinished business. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was like I never saw him. I didn't like wake up one day and James Connolly was going, "Woo, yeah, <laughs> all right, Paul, it's time to go. You got to do a show yeah. with me." Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was just this like push, this inclination, this like you know, like subconscious thing. And before I even did the show, like sort of like the night of like the last dress rehearsal, that was it. it was done. Like I could just. It was like, did it, did it just push? yeah, it was like, yeah, I, this thing had been birthed. They'd been put out into the world and I was like, that's mm. what needed to be done. And it was like doing the three shows was an afterthought. It was yeah. like, you know, cause it was there and that was it. Everyone was like, oh, everyone, but you know, it was like, oh, do you want to go on and do this? Like tour it and things like that. I was like, no, it's done. Yeah. But like I've done what this, like what it was has been brought into the world and it doesn't matter if anyone sees it, which 
with you know only you know 200 300 people somewhere or something like that because yeah doing your bet that you know or then a lot of stuff i've done that people have seen and then that was it it was done you know so. do you know what it was the specific unfinished business like from a emotional psychological it, psychic it point was of just view. that he was a funny guy you know what i mean and he, like he had a sense of humor and he like had a, a certain like way about him that is just it just isn't the way that he's depicted at all it's just, like it's very like humorless like lefty like you know, it's sort of more showing this like sort of uh, big gym, you know, with the hand and you know, it's very angry and things like that. And he was he was that as well. But he was also the sort of yeah, guy yeah. that would lose his shoes and then paint his feet to make it look like he had shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's him. That's that's James Collier as well. You know what I mean? As long as the guy that would you know like go out and kill to mm. you know make Ireland independent, he was also that guy you know he was like he had a, a cobbler shop in Edinburgh and he was it's the worst cobbler you could not cobble shoes for anything but people would just go <laughs> to him because they felt sorry for him and it's just like the way that's just never sort of brought out to him when it's like mm. you know if you saw like if the you know like an RTE does a show about James Cohn and things like that it'd be very startling people like this as well you know it's the way it is and things like that so but that's like you can you know I didn't need psychic abilities i didn't need you know the accoutrements of these things mm. that was something that happened because i opened myself up to it if you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean so you could argue that it was like a psychic happening mm. on some level but I, I suppose if you don't believe in that sort of stuff you could also look at it as not if that helps you sleep at night yeah have you heard this thing of um authors writing fiction their characters come to life and they start like having conversations with each other independently and the authors they're just like trying to write it down it's a bit it seems a bit like that yeah or that it could be you know a part of it is but that's kind of the thing like what's more real you know mm. that or this conversation now yeah well i'm, I'm just imagining you yeah <laughs> i think i need to have a chat with myself honestly yeah. Like, just imagine this drunk therapist Scottish guy uh, yeah. lives in Dublin. <laughs> Talk yeah. shit about ghosts all day. Like. <laughs> um, but it was like you know, um, Tommy Kelly um, of Adventures and Will Your Fame. They were both classes. He's kind of got like a good point. It's like who's more real, you or Spider Man? Spider Man, mm. because think about how many things the Spider Man has done. Like the amount of money that Spider-Man generates. People have mm. fallen in love and had children because of Spider-Man. Like multiple, hundreds possibly. Is like, that a fetish thing or yeah. just like that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but how many people have you influenced? You know, a handful, yeah. 20, 30. Like, mm. you know, you've got, how many kids? You got... Is is impact like the, the measure of reality? Because... You know, if we're saying like, oh, you know, I'm not real because I didn't influence lots of people, but what are you having an influence on? Because none of those people are real either. So it seems. <laughs> but is the it's the the people are real? The experience is simulated would be the kind of way that I would frame it because, like, the sort of the, the gnostic way to think about it is that you're here in an illusion to do something. And so it doesn't mean that the other people are also not real. 
it's not completely simulated. You're just within the illusion because, sorry, excuse me, you and or some of you or whatever have, there's things that you've got to come in to do for your, your mm -hmm. yourself effectively. Yeah. Um, to come in and do it, I didn't go back. I didn't do it all again. There's something that you can only, there's only certain things that you can do here that you can't do and you know, the other world, the other world, or the underworld, wherever you want to call it. And that's yeah. the other thing that I've kind of like picked up from the dead. I know this is like, how I would kind of frame the difference between like the ghost who you kind of don't want an interaction with, or you do because you want to help them mm. and the dead. They're kind of two different things because the dead only have, only want to give you good news effectively, mm. which is like, oh, it's great. By the way, this is all sorted. <laughs> Like there's you're what you're doing now is great. And you need to, you just need to do this, that, and the other, and then you're going to be here. It's going to be fine. Debbie Nosey or, you know, something like that, where what I don't understand about ghost hunters and the, the kind of way that they do it, which is salacious. And the fact that they might do say, like do an episode where I would be at the house and it would all be about the ghost about the hung themselves or something like that. And they're like, right, so she hung herself in this room. And so we want to conjure her and we want to make entertainment out of it. So either you believe in ghosts or you don't believe in ghosts. So what you're saying as a ghost hunter is you believe that this woman has hung herself and her ghost hangs on and you want to make entertainment about it. That was a terrible choice of words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, See, that's the subconscious making jokes for me. Uh, yeah. It's the, the old, the old arm getting back in. Um, but yeah, like, you know, they're hanging around. Ha ha. Um, and so, but what do you think is, is happening? Like, so you just think that it's okay to make entertainment about someone that has done, like they've been in so much pain that they've done this thing that's like horrible. Like, and now that they're dead, they're in this huge amount of pain and they're stuck and they're in this but for you if, it's if yeah i mean that is horrific if you conflate the ghost with the dead but yeah are you saying you wouldn't you wouldn't do that but do you, not necessarily i don't, know, we, exactly. I don't think we can really generalize about like what whether ghost hunters do that or not right well, some of them did, but I don't, them, I don't like, know any ghost hunters maybe yeah. they do maybe they don't but but that's what you'll see in the shows though like this is the ghost of like hmm. many I'm going to say many more of this yeah. from Harry Potter or something like that. But, you know, mm -hmm. it'd be like, you know, yeah, that's, this is the ghost of this person. And like, let's see if we can get them to turn up. And then they hear a knock and they go, ah, and then run out yeah. of the room. And so it's like, <clears throat> what I've kind of like noticed is like looking through YouTube and it's all just like people that are doing things like, uh, I tried out ghost hunting and saw a real ghost and it's like, the, you know, like thumbnail. Yeah. Do you know if you put a face going on your thumbnail, that gets you the most clicks? Oh man, it does. It clearly because it's like an me. emotional reaction. Yeah, Wait, yeah. hang on, let me do it. Let's both do it now, right? Yeah. We'll just go, and then I'm going to use that as the thumbnail, yeah. right? And See, we'll, everybody will come and listen yeah. to this. <laughs> this is what like, yeah. the thing is. Like you know, when you're watching like a cult videos and stuff, like some of them still do that, but it's obviously just like they're reviewing like books, and so they've got like a picture, yeah. like a stack of books, and they're going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, why are you surprised about all these books, dude? <laughs> you bought yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, you won't believe what Abramelin. That could just be like a new... Demiurge hates this one simple trick. <laughs> Gain enlightenment with this one weird trick. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so it's like, and they're a worldview. Like, they completely believe that these are the ghosts, like the spirits of the dead. Some of them, anyway. Mm-hmm. These are the spirits of the dead that are in great pain. And what you should do is just make entertainment out of that. They don't help them, they don't try and help them move on. Mm. or like resolve what their problem is it's just like stick it it's in. a totally different framing isn't it of yeah how is it i mean in my quite limited experience of dealing with things that you'd call ghosts that people would experience um spontaneously right where people are going about their business and start having weird experiences and i've gone and go ghost busted it for want of a better word mm. And it's not been a being. It's not been like a person. The dead, as you say, are somewhere yeah. else, or at least not there. What it's been is like an emotional echo, kind of like a, if somebody, especially traumatic deaths, they kind of leave a, a residual smell or a bit of trauma around that's kind of like a thought form. It's like, um, you know, when the smoking ban came in and all the pubs still smelled of cigarette smoke for yeah, quite yeah, yeah. a while. It's kind of like this. So, the, uh, I don't feel like there's some great um, crime being committed by people treating that phenomena as entertainment because in my experience that phenomena is not capable of suffering. It mm. is a, a record or an echo of suffering. And I suppose it's like people like to go on tours around dungeons and look at all the horrible ways people were tortured and stuff for entertainment, which isn't, I've never quite understood why mm. that's a fun day out with the kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that seems pretty fucked up. I mean, Things well, people really... spend hours and hours on Twitter, which is you know just as bad as getting stuck in the Iron Maiden. So it's obviously we just as humans we love to be tortured. Uh, no one can torture us better than ourselves. So, so yeah, it's not unethical to make entertainment out of the echo or the image of suffering. In terms of you're not like causing additional suffering to that dead person, right? So. I mean, yeah, yeah. Maybe, I maybe, that's, maybe that's like a healthy way. Maybe that's the only way that people could approach it, you know, because mm. maybe some things are so horrifying that, you know, you don't, you can't approach the suffering. You can't just open the whole thing up and stick your head in it and experience yeah. it. You've got to have like a sanitized, look through a little peephole version of it. And maybe people running around haunted houses or doing ghost tours around the dungeon is a way for people to kind of inch their way closer to empathizing with that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, like, say, I mean, because I wouldn't, you know, grudge people making a living and things, but I think a fair criticism would people turn around and be like, well, what's the difference between you and a ghost hunter? I thought, because you were doing the ghost tours. So you were making a living out of talking about yeah. these ghosts, you know what I mean? What is and the difference? You were, you know, literally scaring the shit out of people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, You're better at it than the ghosts, for yeah. one thing. <laughs> yeah. And to that, I would say, shut up. I don't have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you're not my boss. I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like um, your job as a tourist in Edinburgh is to lie to tourists as much as possible <laughs> and see how much you can get away with it. And it's everything. It's just everyone has the Edinburgh do it. So um, it's that's our culture. So don't take it away from us. So was there anything sort of there? 
that you kind of want to like pick up on in terms of um, like experiences of ghosts or like the difference between ghosts and the dead per se. I wouldn't want to commit myself on the nature of those, on the nature of the dead, you know, because then we get into what happens after we die. Is this right or is that right? Is my uncle Frank okay? Um, And the answer is maybe. Yeah. um, It's a difficult thing to to talk about because, again, our experience as a living of it is subjective, right? And it's hard to separate out. And you have things like mediumships where people go talking to the dead and the dead person will say, yeah, if you go to my back garden and walk like eight paces down and to the left and dig, you'll find the gold. And then you go and it's there and it's like, holy shit, that was really cool information. But you still can't say it was really them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe exactly. it's yeah, like yeah. the Akashic Records or it's like a big, it's all a big database. Yeah. And that mediumistic experience is just like typing something into Google and you're not really talking to them. <laughs> now, maybe, maybe you are. But yeah, like we can't, the, we get, we we can't differentiate those two, right? We are just you don't know what is happening. Are you suggesting that the other world is just like a big Siri? <laughs> no, no, maybe, maybe like the, the mediumistic experience could be <laughs> like that, where you, you are, you're cramming, just, just like we might cram paranormal experiences or phenomena into a particular framework. If you're going to talk to the dead and expect to experience them directly, then maybe that's where the universe or the information in the universe is going to come meet you and be like, well, okay, yeah. you can have that experience. And that's how you can, that, that's like the the screen that you create for the information to be projected upon. And I say this because of my experience with doing remote viewing where we've experimented with kind of making stuff up. So if we come across something that is um, a really difficult concept to understand, I will sometimes say to it, will you just become a person an imaginary person and explain yourself to me in English and it will. Mm -hmm. So it's like constructing an arbitrary frame to explore information of some kind through and it works. And, you know, I don't say then, oh yeah, there was a person there because I know I made it up, right? But it will have an appearance, Um, but it doesn't mean it's real and it will give me valid information that is later proven to be correct. But that person's not there. It's a figment of my imagination, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So... While I think a lot of mediumship experiences are really convincing, and I'm not saying like I'm not arguing against the idea that we are really talking to the dead, or can be then, like I don't think we can prove it. I don't think we can say what's going on. So it's kind of, uh, I would say I think that the dead and the ghost phenomena are like totally separate things. I think this is like part of the problem that I'm trying to drive at as well. And again, it's bringing it to the sort of like the Gnostic viewpoint where like the entire ghost hunting phenomenon is trying to prove something that I think can only be understood from an internal Gnostic standpoint yeah. as in it's like something that it's like the difference between like understanding something and knowing something where mm. you know it's like you can understand something and it, it makes complete sense to you but knowing it it's completely different where it's like that intuitive it's like that you know like as what we would say is gnosis um yeah and the knowledge and like yeah non-linguistic grasp of stuff at a low yeah, level exactly. of, yeah. yeah and i think it's just like it is just trying to like get that internal thing external and it just it's never going to work it's mm. never going to fit into that because you're going to push up against the barriers of the material world which is yeah. it's got rules that you just can't break 
and you can you can push yeah, yeah. them, you can nudge them, and things like that. But you're never going to just like. It's it's such a cliche, isn't it? That like, oh, all the answers you seek, you'll find them inside, not outside. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's actually fucking true. But yeah, when yeah, yeah. when you haven't started finding those answers and pulling at that thread, and you hear people say that, it is the most useless advice ever. Because you you sort of turn inwards and look and go, no, they're not. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it does you know, like, well, you're, you're looking wrong. You're looking wrong. <laughs> but say like, I think that's like you know. Well, young is so important, and as it's got this kind of weird thing, he's getting a bit of a resurgence because, like, you have Jordan Pearson, who's completely misunderstood his his work, and it's like it's really big in the far oh, right now. But it's obviously like you know, it's having a big resurgence in the the you know the woo community as well, and it's has young ever gone away for like the, the patron shrink of magicians like yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. I, I love the, the idea that young was like a mystic pretending to be a psychiatrist <laughs> yeah i mean it's a very convincing argument yeah. like the way they get yeah. it does get framed especially you know the black books and red books have come out and stuff um but you know, yeah he it, just didn't want people to think he was nuts because yeah, exactly. he knew they'd stop listening to him right? yeah Fair enough. Which they did anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they didn't like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the way that he would kind of frame that is say, like, something like Yoda as an archetype. And so, mm. like, Yoda's right. Like, once you get into this stuff, like, you suddenly go, like, oh my God, Yoda actually makes a lot of sense as a character. And it has got, like, a lot of <laughs> wisdom on it. But you could conceivably not get it unless you go yeah, down yeah. this path view. Because it is just so stupid. Like, yeah. And then you find yourself... Yeah, it, may, it only makes sense looking back, doesn't yeah. it? It's not, <laughs> it's not a useful map to actually get there. Yeah, exactly. It's just you can look back and go, no way. People who are watching ghost hunting shows are in, in pretty much in the Western paradigm, the materialist paradigm. How do we move towards a healthy relationship with the dead? Yeah. But that's what... I think this is like, you know, why I was... The indication I was going to like push to start going this way and stuff is to kind of give like voice to those echoes that are not really you know getting out there in certain tractions. It's that that's what I'm saying. It's like you you can that's always there for you. Like you're if you have someone that has passed away, your relationship with them will continue to develop no matter how long they've been gone for and they're never going to be far away you know and the unreal which is more important than this sort of like illusory thing that we're going through like you you know like let's say for example you know you're someone that like you lost your dad when you were young and then you the world you do remember where you're you know, you start having kids of your own and stuff. Like, you'll get a different understanding of your dad from being a dad. Mm-hmm. And that's more, that's just as real as it was when you were actually so your this, dad this was is around like and more stuff. about the journey of personal development. Yeah. And it's about the friends that we made that along the way. it is about ghosts and, yeah. But that's, I think it's that's what ghost hunters are trying to do, is they're trying to get that proof that the dead exist. And they're trying mm. to, to reach for something. But... The, the harder Isn't you the reach same for drive that, that, that drives all of us, though, yeah. is that kind of divine urge to seek out the divine. Yeah. And it kind of goes weird, meandering ways. And 
but you don't you don't need to be a psychic you don't need an EMR reader you don't need to go out into a spooky house or the forest and things like that it's it's always going to be there for you mm. and you have to develop that and that sorry <clears throat> and it's going to be that's you know part of your journey and it's going to be there for you and so like if it's obviously I don't want to like say don't do it because if that's something you want to do you should be going to do it and you might oh here comes Dave now <laughs> holy shit we've successfully summoned Dave <laughs> hey. the, the closing remarks <laughs> awesome well we, we were trying to summarize but yeah. Now you're here, we can do some fun ghost stories. <laughs> oh, let's let's just what wrap up miss? where we were because we, well, we we were just talking about like the ongoing personal relationship that we have with the dead um, being more important than ghost hunting and trying to trying to find the dead out there, but to find the dead inside instead. As a we were being grown up and productive and sensible about this instead yeah. of telling spooky ghost stories. So, Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You you you've been haunted. <laughs> I've been very haunted. Yeah. Where do you want to start? Well, I, th- I think last last year, um, I da- I was teaching Dave remote viewing, and I went away for like a nice relaxing long weekend, and I came back, and you were haunted. <laughs> and, and there's yeah. a whole s- story about yeah I did. Tell us how you ended up getting haunted, because I think it'll link back into some of the stuff me and James have been talking about. There was a house nearby me that was quite a bit larger than the one that I'm in now, and they had an open house, so I was like, I'll go check it out. And being uh, everything that we're doing, raising our awareness of energies around us and stuff, I'm like, there's some weird stuff going on in this house. Um, so we leave, and then I'm feeling like there's something in my proprioceptive space. So I just pin you on Discord, and I'm like, hey, can you see what's in my proprioceptive space? Like, do you see anything going on with me? And you're like, what is that? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy. That, uh, that's really there. That's that's there. But there was a sad tale about the house, wasn't there? Like, and the, was it a suicide or the, like there really was somebody who died in tragic circumstances kind of recently there were some some bad emotions in the house for sure and there were a lot of circumstances around that that he kind of find and discover afterwards and then um my friend jeff also went to that open house and he's also sensitive i realized i, buddy, love, who you I know. love the stories about jeff man like jeff is and, always on right jeff if you're listening i love you man Jeff and I have opposite ways of approaching this stuff. Like I hear a bump in the night and I go instantly oh. towards it. And I'm like, what was that? This sounds fun. And yeah. uh, Jeff's the opposite. Like, oh no, I'm haunted. So uh, I think he creeped out Jeff a lot more than me. And I was much more like, oh, this is a cool learning opportunity. Yeah. Well, we were talking about this earlier. Like, you know, the, uh, the thumbnails for the YouTube ghost hunting videos where people are like, like that. So yeah. <laughs> we made we made a thumbnail by both pulling that face. So everybody's gonna watch this video now. But um what I was asking, like, what are people actually scared of? Like when was the last time you heard of somebody getting killed by a ghost? Like, why do we squeal and run away? Serious question. I don't I don't know. Because <laughs> it is kinda it is kinda unsettling, isn't it? But like why why are we conditioned to think that we need to run away? How do you even run away from a ghost anyway? Like, sure, it's just going to come with you. <laughs> it's there. You can't run yeah. away from it. But I mean, the ghost is kind of like a an encounter with the uncanny. Um, mm. 
and that's kind of like what the fear is, is it's something that is there, but not alive. Um, and so it's kind of like meeting the wax worker yourself. So I guess that's kind of like where the fear element comes from. And there definitely is like some folklore about dying from seeing ghosts and stuff. But then I, mm. the thing that I've always thought about that is like, how do you know? How is that? Like, well, yeah, just be yeah. like, did you, you know, see the ghost? Okay. <laughs> what did it like, do? <laughs> he died from seeing the ghost. It was like, but if he died from seeing the ghost and no one was there, how did that? Did he tell this story? <laughs> this yeah, no, he died of seeing the ghost. I'm getting the inheritance, and that was that. <laughs> so that was the problem that I had with like Lovecraft. Is like every story ends, or it's just like, and then it's coming up. And it's like, why are you still writing? <laughs> it's your <laughs> eternal demise. It's like I just got to finish the sentence. Yeah. So just hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, and the manuscript was found in the spooky house yeah. years later. I think the fear of ghosts might go back to uh, it's being confronted with your immortality. So we don't know what mm-hmm. it is. There's all these stories that it's dead people. And then here you're being confronted with the fact that you may be a ghost. And that can be scary. Yeah, or even not even mortality, but maybe like reality. Because we have these models of like what's real and what's not. We were talking earlier about how ghost hunters are kind of wanting ghosts to be a particular thing, mm-hmm. and that maybe it's not really fair on the phenomenon to expect it to tap out like Morse code on your iPhone. You know, maybe it just wants it to do its own thing, right? Um, and it's kind of like Randy's prize, where he's like, "Well, I want perfect psychic functioning with this crazy statistical power. Otherwise, the whole thing is fake." And like ghosts are kind of the opposite of that because they can they can like challenge your boxes that you want to put reality in when when the cat starts like levitating across the room and you're like well is that a ghost i don't even know what that is mm. my cat wanted this is my house and it's like now you're in uncharted waters you're you're not safe anymore because you don't know what's you know like we have models about how the world works and how we interact with it and then when those when we see stuff that doesn't fit the models, it's like, now I'm totally out of control. Well, if, what if this thing kills me? I don't know, maybe it can, because it's just unknown. It's like going into a spooky dark cave. You don't know if there's a bear in there, so you just don't go in just to be on the safe side. Well, apart from you, Dave, you do go in, right? <laughs> I love going in. <laughs> yeah, send yeah. me in, tag me in, coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess there's something as well, though, about being haunted by the living, which you do see more than you think. Because, uh, I mean, Dave, you might not, of this so much um but say like in the uk and ireland you would get somewhere that's like this old fella's pub and there'll be like this old guy and he sits in one stool and that's where he always goes and he always sits there and that's his stool and then the pub will change like like someone will buy it and it'll become something else like a trendy wine bar or whatever and he's still there and it's like everyone he knows is gone like the pub's completely different, but this is his spot and he's there. And it's like he's haunted. He's like, he's haunting that bar still. He's still <laughs> there. And it'll be, you'll see just this weird things where it'll be like old man pub and then like trendy gay pub or something like that. And this guy's here and he's not gay or anything like that. But that's his pub. That's his spot. What he's going to do there <laughs> until he dies. And everyone loves him. They're just like, oh yeah, old Jim. Yeah. 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 It's just like having a, a pub cat. Or yeah. a pub dog, isn't it? It's just sort of like affectionate, sentient furniture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that kind of bloody-mindedness as well. Like, I'm not leaving. I don't care what you do. Yeah. You know, 
that is going to result in that same guy haunting the place after he's dead as well. Yeah. But that's it. This is a haunting. This is exactly what haunting is. Mm. Yeah. An, an inexplicable presence. <laughs> isn't it? What, Strange like, thing. What, what is he doing in the wine bar? It doesn't even like wine. <laughs> Jeff, why are you here right now? Yeah. <laughs> an eerie presence. Strange smells. Like a sense of danger. <laughs> like, um, like, yeah, I guess like I guess like one of the other things as well is that you you kind of already know that you're dead, and it's very clear. Like if you spend any time, um, it, it, it's one of those things that kind of like confronts you. Um, is it some way that maybe is it like ghosts are kind of the opposite of that, where they're living because they're doing something. So like, yeah. They have some sort of anima about them. They never know that they're dead. Yeah. Which always strikes me as like a really good argument for them not being people. Mm. Because you would notice, right, it's been 200 years. I, I still haven't peed yet. <laughs> like, the, the cornflakes are just going straight. <laughs> like, you would notice, right, if you were a sentient, that you were dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surely. Yeah, yeah that's and, and Ghosts never do. Well, here's another thing. Why do ghosts always have clothes? Do they? Mm. Well, most, I mean, like, how many naked ghosts have you heard about? I don't know, maybe people want to keep those. <laughs> Stupid, sexy ghosts. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, like, so, Dave, I mean, Dave, has Jeff, Jeff got any sexy ghosts? Have you ever met one? Not sexy ghosts, but are we talking about only ghosts in the form of, like, ectoplasm? They're actually visually there? Because there's the concept that spirits are around you, such as when I was quote unquote haunted that you picked up on, we didn't see anything. That was just something that if you close your eyes and you're aware of your perceptions, you can feel it in your space. And I feel like that's much more common than, you know, actually seeing something there. Mm. Yeah. But we're talking about in terms of like full apparitions or, you know, when someone says they see something. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I, to my knowledge, I've never heard of a naked ghost. So what happens is like oh. the double like goes with them to the other world, like that they wear or the khaki pants that they have on, like also Dali and also. So I think there's a simple answer to this, which is why are ghosts not naked? Because it'd be inappropriate if they were naked. Uh uh, no. It turns out there's a naked one oh, no. in the French Quarter <laughs> in New Orleans. Ah, uh, so. well, I mean. Yeah, yeah, New Orleans, maybe it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no territory then. That doesn't count. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to read this story now. What's what's the naked ghost doing? <laughs> this is if you were a ghost hunter and you were making a ghost hunting show and you got a full apparition of a naked ghost, then you wouldn't. You'd have to like put the pixelated, <laughs> even though it's not. Really. <laughs> Like, you, no ghost boobies before 9 p.m. You get demonetized on YouTube. Like, yeah, yeah. So, there's someone here that's got footage of an actual ghost and they can prove it, but because they're naked, they don't yeah. want to lose a YouTube monetization. <laughs> and so they're like, that's it. I'm not, not going to prove it. They should do that, well. shouldn't they? They should all show up naked and then nobody will ever see the video of them. Yeah. Ah, it's just an urban myth. That's a good only ghost. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think the ghosts that get up to that sort of stuff are a whole different topic, aren't they? Maybe we can do that another week. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
Welcome to the sexy That's ghost show. That's the Ouija board. Yeah. Huh? Well, here's like, yeah. in terms of saying, like, ghost hunting and things like that, is from a from a magical standpoint, what they have is really bad, like magical hygiene, where they mm. kind of just like set things up and like just invite anything in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like, no, they invite like, anything in, then they go and get themselves really scared yeah. and vulnerable psychologically in a haunted place. Yeah. And then stay there all night. I, I, it's hard to imagine how you would have worse psychic hygiene than that, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, there's something to be said for the, the fucking around and finding out method. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I approve of it as, as things go. Oh, yeah, yeah. From the scene that it's the best way to... I don't know. I both agree with you there. Yeah. Like neither, neither of us have ever been willing to learn from anybody else's mistakes. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I make all my own mistakes. Yeah. This is so much more educational than just taking the advice of people who've walked that path before you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like, it's just like, just like, do they not pick this? That's what I'm thinking. Is like, did not pick up. These I don't think they do because they're coming at it from yeah. presumably a materialist perspective. Yeah. Where you know that this kind of thinking about psychic hygiene and stuff is just like on a completely separate planet to I'm going to detect the dead with a thermometer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're not, are you? So in the situation where you're a ghost hunter, maybe you're a materialist, you're in a haunted house and some real shit kicks off and you're not screaming for the cameras anymore. There's apparitions, naked or otherwise, all sorts of weird stuff happening. Dave... You've been haunted. How would you recommend somebody who's like that person I've just described? What can they do to stop themselves completely losing it, getting possessed, carrying this thing around for weeks? Like, what one simple tip do ghosts hate? I don't have one. Um, <laughs> I've never been afraid of ghosts because, like, my origin story is related to ghosts. I lived in a haunted dorm room for a couple months, and I was completely oblivious to it till I had a religious roommate come into the room and was like, "Oh, like this place is haunted," and I'm like, "Really? Those things that are like happening and flying around and doors opening—that's ghosts." So for but the longest time, I, I the wind, uh, all these different things, and you go down the list and you're just like it can't possibly be so the fear never really hit me and then um i don't know if there's any way to like have it not happen to you but as i read more into the magical side of things and stuff the more that you open yourself up the more you become a magnet for it so mm. for jeff for instance jeff's a magnet for this activity we can go walk down the street somewhere and it'll come and show up and i know some of the people that we've read and looked into they say that that's exactly what's going to happen to you so um i don't know do a bunch of grounding and don't become spiritual or uh, <laughs> accept it and just be like oh cool who are you you were once a person or you still are a person uh maybe you're just a thought form out there but um just have compassion so what, what happened in your haunted dorm room was it like do you look back on it and go how did i not realize that was a ghost yeah or was it was a really ridiculous Everybody that came over there thought that it was a ghost, except for me, because I was so deep in Richard Dawkins' material yeah. that there was no selling me that it was a ghost. So Richard Dawkins will keep you safe from ghosts? Ah, uh, Yeah, I mean, like, they'll just keep showing up, and you'll be like, that's not there. I'm James yeah. Randy, so. <laughs> I, think, I hope Richard doesn't watch this. Or Dawkins. 
Mr. Dawkins. This is funny. He finds this goes on a Twitter rant like this guy yeah. gave to Unreal. Yeah. Um, I think the um the way to think about it is that we used to hold systems in place to deal with this. Like, you know, when you look back, you know, here obviously like the Celtic world, there's things that are you know, still semi going in Ireland and, and Scotland and Wales and Cornwall and things like that. There is all this hygiene stuff. Which is to appease these things, to stop it from happening, the ancestor worship, but that it's kind of moved into a different thing. So it's like, you know, if I'm going to go to an Airbnb, um, you know, Dara Wicklow or, or Tipperary or something like that, and it's going to be a new place, leave out a glass of whiskey. Um, and it'd be like, there you go, that's for you. Whatever might be around, if it be the she or be the, um, and that's the offering, you know, like be a ghost, be it the she. Be a, you know, a cooker or whatever is going to be. When you get up in the morning and everything's fine, do you put it in your coffee then? Yeah. <laughs> that's, where, that's where the Irish coffee comes from, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's, you know, like you, you, you tread softly, but have a big stick. And that's, you know, what you do. So, because you can, you can still get an exorcism within like the mainstream Christian denominations. Like they don't advertise it, but. Even the Church of England has exorcists, which I only found out recently. Was like, really? Yeah, the listen sounds right. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine no, it doesn't. Does it the, like the exorcist film was very different really in English. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the Catholics have got them, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty easy to get a Christian exorcism. But like you say, there isn't the hygiene. Mm-hmm. There isn't any understanding of like let's avoid this problem preventatively. It's just like if shit gets so bad that you're not too embarrassed to ask for an exorcist and you're not also diagnosed with a mental illness then we'll come and do an exorcism so yeah. it's very inadequate and sucky really isn't it that intersects with really, oh sorry Dave go ahead that intersects with what you're talking about um, where ghost hunting is trying to merge materialism into the spiritual world where you're trying to look at something that is not material from a materialist lens and it's kind of been that way since like the 1850s, right? Where everything now has to be related to science at the turn of the century or like 1900s, there was, everything had to be related in some sort of universal mathematical law where it's like, this is scientific fact. Yeah, and then we looked like at, we're um, gonna, gonna find the energy and the, the waves and the ectoplasm and we'll yeah, ectoplasm in a jar. And... There's groups that we won't mention or so, so but, um, there, everything is science, science, science. So you're not going to find it in science, and there isn't going to be like a Ghostbusters device, you know, that gets mm. these ghosts to go away. Or maybe there is, and I'm just not aware of it. <laughs> well, um, like and subscribe, put in the comments. <laughs> the um is holy water, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't point there. It's completely popped out of my head. But yeah, you know, materialism, yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's it, isn't it? We keep coming back to materialism and like people trying to. I think you've summarized the whole episode by accident, Dave. That it is when you come at this weird, nebulous, subjective, woo woo thing and try and look at it through the materialist lens, it doesn't work very well. And you shouldn't do it. Let's say, <clears throat> unless you want to. Even where. It's like science can prove that something exists like climate change or mm-hmm. COVID 
or you know any pick your choice and then most people are like not for me thanks yeah so even if you did yeah yeah it's ghost, like people's it's personal like, truth right isn't yeah. it? it's like well it, that's not how reality looks to me so i don't care what you say yeah right <laughs> yeah so you could go and wrangle up a ghost stick him in a box get a slimer and like mm. pop him in the trade show and there was still yeah. nothing and would every, change everybody be like yeah yeah, yeah. No, it's like that time that the pentagon released those ufo videos and was like guys literally aliens this is the evidence <laughs> you've all been waiting for here's a video of ufos everybody saw it, it was totally there the pilots saw it. everybody saw it it's got to be aliens and everyone was like yeah whatever cool <laughs> there was just like no reaction from it at all and this idea that people would panic when yeah, that kind yeah. of thing came out and everyone's like i don't care it wasn't my vote you know the inverse of that though it's like, how many people do you know that have a story of like a crisis apparition or of, of some otherworldly thing have there? It's like almost everyone that you talk to, apart from a few people, like, you know, when you're in a lock and, you know, the lights are low and you're a few drinks in, almost everyone has a story mm. of the supernatural. I just never, but it's like in a hushed voice thing. It's kind of just like, oh, this is the thing that happened yeah. to me. And I don't think I don't want you to think I'm crazy, but because yeah. the stigma like on these things, nobody talks about it. Heavily outweighs the people that have not had anything, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like visitation dreams. People are recently bereaved having like a, dreams of being visited by their loved one. And the, the dreams are like a really distinctive quality. It feels like the, the person. The dead person is really there and it's like multi-sensory. It's not like a normal dream at all. And like many people who experience this are convinced that person really was there. And this happens to like huge numbers of people. It's a really high proportion of people who've lost somebody really close to them will have a dream like this. And yet nobody talks about it. Like, um, there, there are some kind of surveys of in this psychological literature about how common this is i can remember the percentage but it's like it's huge it's really really normal for people to have these experiences but as you say you've got to get them pissed at a lock-in before they'll admit it yeah it's almost like it's forbidden which is funny because the, the ghost hunters are running around <laughs> coming at this from a different angle that doesn't work and we're allowed to talk about that because it's not real yeah <laughs> but as soon as it gets real it's like i, I don't talk about that stuff yeah yeah, yeah exactly. you guys go over it not being real the shows well <laughs> I don't know, it might be real, but it's also, uh, even even if there's real ghosts and stuff, like the approach is kind of is not approaching the thing as it is, right? That ghosts are not inherently cold or hot, you know? So people running around with thermal images and thermometers going, this is going to prove whether the ghost is here, because there's a thermal anomaly. It's like, well, a ghost is not a thermal anomaly, right? So, yeah. I mean, well, it's like by the whatever it logic, is. they defy physical conventions mm. like and that's always been the thing about ghosts is that they, they don't follow the rules that are set <laughs> they can walk I think the whole or... all paranormal experiences do this yeah aliens do this bigfoot does this it only shows up if you go fishing and you're not even remotely interested in aliens or bigfoot then they'll show up but like you go out with a camera not a chance yeah never in a million years are they going to turn up apart from me what are i've been a ghost like? the whole time Wow, you're a really good one. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I died in this house and this video called 10 years to this very day. <laughs> it's going to be so good for ratings. <laughs> it would be, wouldn't it? 
I've seen a thing. Yeah, everybody would. Yeah, it was that podcast where that guy died. Oh yeah, I heard of that one. <laughs> but he stuck around till the end. Kept it become, yeah, yeah. And when they got the death certificate, the time of death was actually two hours before the podcast was recorded. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I kind of do as well. I got mixed feelings actually. If I'm getting, what is that? Um... How sad would it be though that you've died and you used to just still turn up for a podcast? It's like if you didn't realise that you yeah. died. Bruce Willis in uh, the sixth sense. It's like sense. yeah, no matter how bad your day is, remember this guy died and then still turned up for work. <laughs> yeah. Right. We're like an hour and a half into this, so I think we're better we're better wrap it up for realsies this time. Uh, does anybody have any closing remarks? Funny anecdotes? Um. Yeah, not really. I think uh, you know it's all been in a nice little package. Um, yeah, I mean, we've yeah. solved the whole mystery. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's, just, um, it's a case closed. Yeah, just have good hygiene. Give it your offerings. Mm. Do your ancestor worship. Get your guys on your side. Make sure that it's all it's all going to be fine. And yeah, they're there for you. Like, don't don't go reaching for something that doesn't need to be reached for it's all it's all there that sounds really nice actually my closing remark would be um if you said that the theme is uh materialism and moving away from that i actually call and you know i say this all the time that the um process of moving away from a materialistic worldview like i had you know reading every atheist book under the planet is that i call it the process of seeing ghosts because i actually had to like see ghosts for a very long time to finally realize it. And when you go into anything, um, spirituality, mysticism, whatever it be, they, they're like uh, a sign from the divine. And like in the Bible, they talk about seeing signs and people who need signs and people that don't. Um, that's probably what this is about, is like ghosts are a little bit of a sign. And if you see your ghosts, it's going to change you. And you're going to go down a different path than who you were, which is kind of cool. But at the same time, um, there's like a threshold point where you abandon the material worldview and you're like, I don't really need a, an EMF detector, right? Like, I don't need this sitting on my desk 24 hours a day, but uh, yeah, yeah. it's a, a journey and a path that everybody goes on. So if uh, there's ghost hunters that do that and everything, they're just on their path. Yeah, just waiting to find that away. ghost. Yeah. Yeah. We'll I, I really like that as a, a model because it applies to all the other paranormal experiences everything like, um people who see a flying saucer and then 10 years later they're writing books about the virgin mary because it's just like kicked off this whole path and they're like you need to see your ufos or uaps yeah yeah, yeah. whatever it doesn't matter what it is does it it can be fairies down the bottom of the garden it doesn't really matter there's something that breaks your reality mm-hmm. so i guess yeah we should if we want that we should go seek out reality breaking experiences but not using thermometers, like using our actual experience, isn't it? Cool. Right. Inward, exactly. <laughs> All the answers are inside. Boom, <laughs> inside sure they are. <laughs> Thank you very much, James and Dave, for uh, having this conversation with me tonight and for solving this mystery. So we'll see you next week. So goodbye. Thanks. Goodbye. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>